It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota, joined today by Carol Evans' Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, also Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's the Mailbag Show. Roster construction questions galore coming up next on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Mailbag edition of the Minnesota Football Party. Welcome to the show. As always, Luke Inman joins. And hopefully a Wednesday staple. Reggie Wilson, CARE 11, is joining us today to pour over these fan questions with us. What's up, Reggie? Oh, man. I was really hoping that we were talking about the Vikings and their upcoming trip to San Francisco and how they would have a chance. But, oh, well. You could be flying out to the Bay Area right now. Mm -hmm. You could be going down Lombard Street, be at the the corner of Haight-Ashbury. Just think of the possibilities that Uh, were abounding for you. I've never been either. I was ready to go. I was ready to go to San Fran. Let's go to to the the Bay. Firehouse, Alcatraz. The full house. house. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe go over to Oakland, just, you know, visit Marshawn Lynch. I don't know. Go hang out with Curry. Go hang out with Joe Montana. Exactly. Barry exactly. Bonds, probably. They all hang out together, I hear. Uh, Dang. Well, that makes this an even sadder show because the Vikings <laughs> are out of the playoffs and the fans have a lot of questions to ask. So let's get right to it. Question from James. This is a big one, Reggie. If you can answer this one, you might be hired by the Vikings. Quasi Uh-oh. might just hire you. Qu- how can Quasi take this team from playoff flirt to Super Bowl contender? You got that in your holster, Reggie? Can you just uh, can you fire that one off? Make here? it happen, uh, Reg. Yeah, yeah. This is all you have to do. You know, I I think that Quasey uh, probably was hoping that this season would last as long as possible, just so he didn't have to think about those things because they're kind of they're kind of approaching salary cap hell here, and so it's weird because with this group of guys that they had it was important for them for them to maximize the talent and maximize the success with this group because it was kind of like, you know, he talked about the competitive rebuild and and it's like, okay, this is the time where, you know, you, you sign some guys that were complementary to the guys that they already had in place. You were able to kick some money down the road, you know, with guys like Cousins and, and things like that to where you can, you know, you got Brian O'Neill to restructure and, you know, things like that just to make this year work. And it did for all intents and purposes when you talk about a 13-win season. But now they have some really, 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 really tough decisions to make. And so when you talk about maybe getting them from playoff flirt to a a playoff run, I think it's going to be addition by subtraction just because, like, they're going to have to make some deals and and moves that – are going to be tough, 
I do not envy Kwesi. I'm glad I'm not the general manager because, you know, you're, you're thinking about some staples that you may have to part with. We already saw Adam Thielen's wife on Instagram saying like, oh, this is his last go round in Minnesota. And it's just like, oh, is she foreshadowing some things to come here? And so I think what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to add young guys, add play, uh, players in the draft and kind of offload some of these veterans with, with these high cap numbers. And I don't know if that takes you from playoff flirt to uh, playoff contender because that's going to be tough when you talk about all the veteran guys having to be replaced with young guys who haven't necessarily been there and done that before. But they got to find a way to shed some of these dollars and try to get better, but also maximize this window because when you have an all-world talent like Justin Jefferson on the offense, you have to find a way to complement that while he's still in his prime and before you have to pay him because he is available to get paid. This year you're talking about what if Tyreek Hill is getting 30 mil is Justin Jefferson not worth that especially he's younger than Tyreek and he's just continued to ascend as well like there are a lot of things that have to be done I just don't know where they go other than trying to shed some of the the older guys and getting some young talent in there and trying to replicate or go beyond what they did this year yeah Inman? Yeah, Reggie makes a lot of good points. It's a quarterback-driven league. All 32 teams, they start and stop with their quarterbacks. So assuming in this exercise here, an option like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers is, is not on the table, right? Pushing all the chips all in on somebody like that in a boomer bust kind of year. The premise that you're rolling with Kirk Cousins, who I think we've kind of started to establish, he needs these perfect conditions around him to play at the level you need your quarterback to play on to go on a Super Bowl type of run. I think it has to start and stop then with giving him the best protection first and foremost possible. And when you look at the offensive line now, you already got two elite bookend tackles. And I don't think you're in a position where you can just move on from Ezra Cleveland or Ed Engram after investing a full season in him. You already just used a second round pick on him just last year. So maybe finding the best center available is really the only clear cut position you could Upgrade realistically, assuming Bradbury's a free agent. We talked about yesterday in the draft, a hometown boy, John Michael Schmitz. Not a lot of great options out there in free agency when you're looking for a premium elite center. And then it's given him a legitimate defense again. Now, people are going to say, I've already heard some people say, Kirk had a top 15 defense in 2018 and 2019 too, and he didn't win more than one playoff game combined. And that's true. But he also wasn't playing in an offense with KOC and Justin Jefferson then either. So I think that situation's a little different. I think, again, I get into draft talk, you trade back, take the best center in the class, hope you hit on them, and then you just go all in on the defensive side of the ball. You just hope between this year's draft class, the four picks that we had last year we never saw, Lewisine, Andrew Booth, Osamoa, even a Caleb Evans, you combine that with whatever core veterans you still have left, then you have a shot to maybe elevate Cousins' surroundings enough because this team, I just don't think it's in a position where it's one guy away. Like, hey, let's trade a first and a second for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, sure, yeah, that's that's great. But what about every other position? Like Reggie said, it's honestly a really tough spot to be in this offseason for Kwesi. So I'm curious to see how this whole thing ends up shaking out, especially these next two, three months. going to be really important. Yeah, if you want to turn this around in one year, 
and create a playoff contender, I think the only way to do it is just to build a kick-butt offense. You need to assume that with more time on task, this group takes yet another step. You fortify the offensive line. You fortify the pass catchers, maybe if you lose Thielen, and you just try to make the best offense in the National Football League. Meanwhile, you construct a budget defense that can maybe be 20th in the NFL. I don't think a a true defensive revamp is going to happen next year. I think that's a couple of years down the road when you have a couple draft classes learning all, you know, the same system. Uh, So I don't think that that can happen overnight. I think that you've got to double down on this offense legitimately and try to have the number one offense in the NFL. How how do you upgrade the offensive line though? It's just tricky when you look at the young guys already in place outside of maybe center and center is just a tough spot to upgrade right now, given the free agents. Yeah, I, I think Ingram taking a step. Um, and I think I, I think because the Vikings had like an obvious weak link in Ingram and then mm-hmm. a semi-weak link in Bradbury. Mm-hmm. I think that if you can upgrade those two spots and then you have like sort of five good to great offensive linemen, I think that's somewhat realistic. Um, because like last year, remember, I don't know what, what it shapes up this year. Last year, the center position in free agency was stacked. Now, maybe that means it's more depressed this year, but there were so many options. Uh, and the Vikings it, it's didn't go not great. Rodney Hudson and Connor McGovern, Jason Kels, but he's probably either going to retire or stay in Philly. And then it gets down to Garrett Bradbury, Ethan Post, oh. Tyler Larson. It's weak. It's really All right. Weak. Well, you yeah. broke my heart. All My hope is gone. Uh, before we continue, I'm going to ask you about Lamar Jackson wearing purple for the Vikings. I'll tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, all the latest odds and trends. We can't track the Vikings lines there anymore, so I guess we'll just track the uh, NFL playoff lines. Giants, we're going to follow them. They're seven-and-a-half-point dogs at Philly, the number one seed. You can get that and plenty more. NHL, NBA, golf, UFC, it's all there at BetOnline.net, your fastest and easiest way to get betting info. Find it on the website or your mobile device, BetOnline. Where the game starts. Lamar Jackson is a free agent. He did not come to a contract with Baltimore. And this is the big piece. This is the big chess piece in the offseason, guys, in the NFL. Reggie, um, let's say that Kirk Cousins was disgruntled. Let's say he waives his no-trade clause. Would you find a way to get Lamar Jackson in this uh, on this team? I mean, that would be that would be amazing, you know? You look at what Lamar Jackson has done and what he does well as a quarterback and you give him a top-flight receiver like Justin Jefferson, you know, I don't think he has ever had any top-flight receiver like that in his career. So it's weird to think like, okay, what can Lamar do? with a receiver like Justin Jefferson because you you know Lamar Jackson by throwing it to three, four different tight ends all the time. And shoot, he and Hawk would be a dream. But, okay, what does it take legitimately? Is it is it Kirk for Lamar straight up? Is it Kirk for Lamar and a first-round pick? Like, is it is, – is it – no, Lamar – for Kirk in a first round pick, I should say, like what what will it take to get something like that done? And also it's like, if that is the case, do you have to backload 
Lamar Jackson's contract or maybe heavy signing bonus it at the start to make sure that his number is down. Like, I guess now I'm thinking about it from, you know, I'm, I'm quasi again, but yeah, even with the money that, that is kind of locked up in this team right now that they have to free up uh, and, and try not to have in dead money as well. There's just some things that need to be done to even be able to, because Lamar's thing is he wants a new contract and he deserves a new contract. You saw what the Ravens were without him. And I also think that that is a trade that could work out for both parties. You get them a good offensive line, a good uh, running game, and, you know, maybe you need another receiver or two out there in Baltimore and Kirk could actually cook out there. But honestly, I say all that to say, I did see some progress from Kirk Cousins this year. And I think, as you said, Sam, if they just commit to building him a top flight offense, I do think that they could maybe go further than they went this year when you talk about stabilizing the line, making sure Kirk has a clean pocket to throw, because he's shown that even if he didn't have a clean pocket, some of the hits that he took, even in that game against the Giants, was just remarkable, staring down the barrel, firing darts. So I think Kirk is Mm -hmm. capable. But if you have a chance to upgrade to a guy like Lamar Jackson with all that he does, being able to extend plays, being able to get outside of the pocket, I was in Cincinnati when Lamar Jackson ran that 50-plus yard touchdown and Kevin Harlan just went crazy when he hit the spin spin. move and open field like that. Kevin Harlan went crazy. I was there. I saw it in person. And Lamar Jackson is an electric player. I think only if you have like a Jacks, uh, a a Burrow, a Mahomes, uh, Allen – you know, those type of guys, do you say, oh, no, we're good, we're good. But if you have a chance to get a guy like Lamar Jackson, whatever you have to do, it, reasonably so, I would yeah. say you make that swing. Well, you're just And you're getting younger, too. Yeah. I mean, you, you, are, you are old at the quarterback position now. Let's be honest about that. I think his trade value is higher than it was last year, maybe the mm. year before that. Like, even though he's aging, tell me if you think I'm wrong. I feel like his trade value might actually be a little bit higher than it used to be. Yeah, he improved. He improved. I mean, I asked KLC before the season, did he feel like Kirk had another level to go to? And he said he did. And I think Kirk proved that with his play this year. You know, the numbers weren't gaudy, you know, but I do think another year in in this system and even he can go higher than, than that. But honestly, like, you, if you're the Ravens, you're not just letting Lamar walk. I no. don't see a situation no. where he doesn't at least get franchise tagged. Yeah, so 100%. if that's the case, then then you can do a, a flop or a flip. They just can't, as a franchise, top to bottom, front office, coaching staff, you can't just let a guy like that walk out the building and not get some sort of compensation. So if he's done, right, if that bridge is burned in Baltimore, they will franchise tag him and they will just sell him to the highest bidder. Because, yeah, you're talking about – a former MVP, just turned 26 this mm. month, most electric, blue-chip player, dynamic, and plays the most important position in all sports. Problem is, he's going to demand so much guaranteed money, mm-hmm. and he's a guy who, because of just his play style, 
is always going to be riddled with injuries. And that's exactly why the Baltimore Ravens haven't locked him up to that long-term contract yet. And I think that bridge is officially burnt now from everything that we're just kind of hearing and seeing on social media, things that are being leaked out. And I think you have to look at all 31 other teams and ask, which GMs are even willing to risk giving a quarterback who's always going to be kind of banged up all that guaranteed money? And I don't know if Quasey's that kind of guy. And even if he was... I don't think the Vikings this year anyways have the money to even maybe make something like that happen. Would I love it? Absolutely. Like Reggie said, players of this caliber just do not come around very often. And rarely are they even available to even discuss the option of maybe attaining. But in this KOC offense, yeah, Reggie kind of touched on it. With the playmakers, he would get here. It's like a video game setup, man. Lamar, JJ, Hawkinson, Dalvin, KJ Osborne. I mean, quit teasing the fans and listeners out there. Probably not going to happen given the current cap, but I would love it. Ultimately, I think Lamar looks long and hard at one of the NFC. He's not playing for Baltimore next year. NFC South team like Atlanta or Carolina, I think both those teams would be willing to give him the payday that he's looking for. And they have some weapons around him and early draft picks to surround him with. And I say that because, again, of the handful of teams that are going to be willing to shell out that guaranteed money, I think that's the number one priority when you look at where he could possibly land. Yeah, it's a great question, Luke. I'm still puzzled at how things broke down the way they did in Baltimore. Like it, it, it clearly there's bad blood from this contract negotiation. And maybe, you know, the Ravens are uh, upset about his lack of representation. They couldn't, you know, go about the, the negotiation the way they wanted to. But I thought that he had a great relationship with Harbaugh, at least from, from what I observed. That team was competitive. They drafted, you know, pretty well. They didn't give him a lot of receiving help, but they, they were a really good organization. I thought they empowered him a lot to do this this unique offense. Um, but I think that this could be the big wild card in the NFC, which is kind of a, a quarterback desert right now. That could be the guy who comes in and is suddenly a top three quarterback in the conference and changes the scope of a division. And what better division, Luke, than the NFC South, which might be Sands Tom Brady next year as well. That's wide open. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, totally could see it. When you just look at the landscape, all 32 options, which team he could end up on. I just think, again, Atlanta, Carolina makes sense. New York Jets, certainly a possibility. I think that's the team that has the most capability. Win now. They're just one piece away, a great quarterback to go on a Super Bowl run. But you look at the injury history that New York Jets GM has gone through and had to endure with their quarterback. I'm not sure he's going to be willing to push all his chips in, give him all that guarantee money and roll with another guy at quarterback position, kind of gambling on that can stay healthy for that long stretch. I'm going to yeah. push. Oh, go ahead, Reggie. I, I don't understand the whole Baltimore situation. I think in my mind, I just can't fathom him not going back there. Like I just, you guys seem to be convinced that he's not coming back, but I think that there is a way that he does return there. I just can't see a life where the Ravens are just like, you know what, with all we did to invest in him, you know, the transition from Joe Flacco who won us a Super Bowl, and we went all in on this guy. We catered the offense to his skill set, and they're just going to give it up like that. I just don't know that that's going to be – a thing all the way like I just I, I'm not 
I don't know. I guess I just can't see it. I get that side of the argument and coin. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but it feels like it's not so much on them wanting him anymore. It's on Lamar for whatever reason, just feels a little spurned or burned from them and the front office not taking care of him last year and just the way these contract negotiations have gone that he's almost willing to say, you know what? I'm over it. I want a fresh start. I'm young enough now to where I can reestablish myself for the next five, 10 years with another team and do this all over again but I'm with you like no reason Baltimore shouldn't be on that side of the fence where it's like all right let's make this happen man let's figure this out I'm sorry let's figure it out what do we gotta do it seems like it should have happened yesterday like it should have happened last year like lock the guy up and then it's also kind of telling too Roquan Smith found out he also doesn't have representation And they gave him the bag, a $100 million contract, which is almost unheard of for a middle linebacker. And they were able to work that out for him while Lamar's sitting over there like, oh, that's great for him. You know, Lamar congratulated him on Twitter and all that. But he's like, "Uh, what about me? (laughs) I'm negotiating for myself, you know, and I think that's a that's an interesting situation. If there's a way that he can switch out his. Baltimore purple for Vikings purple at some point that would be remarkable it would be stunning to me and I think that would just kind of energize the fan base but as you said Luke like the the cap ramifications I just like I said they would either have to be heavy signing bonus Mm -hmm. or you know heavy backloaded in a way where they were able to maneuver that cap situation Uh, Before we continue, I'm actually going to push back against a Twitter question to say, no, there's a couple veterans that I don't think are going to be walking. I'll tell you who they are after I tell you about Built Bar. You know what I'm going to do today? I've got the KOC Quasi press conference on my way. It's around lunchtime. I'm on my way out the door. I'm going to grab a Built Bar so I don't get hungry while I'm grilling Quasi about his offseason plans. That's what I do. I get built bars to nourish myself. It's healthy and it tastes delicious because it's 100% real chocolate. The flavors are incredible. Peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. Why wouldn't you want to load up on built bars and load up on nutrition with those amazing macros? Only four grams of sugar, only 130 calories, and you're ingesting like 17 grams of protein. It's a great way to change your nutrition going into the new year as you make some resolutions. You're not compromising any kind of taste. And they're easy to get. You can go online, get them at built.com, promo code lockdown15, or go in store. Walmart, get the 13 pack, Sam's Club, get the four pack, and the flavors. They're so good, guys. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff. That's just naming a few. Built bar, Walmart, Sam's Club, built.com. All right, fellas, I got a question from Brian, and I'm actually going to push back a little bit on this. He says, Hicks. Kendricks and Zadarius are gone. Who else on defense? And I'm here to say, I think two of those three are staying. I think Zadarius is staying. Mm-hmm. Of all the players that you could cut loose, I don't think that's the guy. Like, I don't, I don't see a world where Zadarius Smith isn't on this team unless you really break it down to the studs. And he's still got two years left on his deal. He was highly productive, even when hurt. And he's just a culture changer on defense. I don't think Zadarius is going anywhere. Um, and then Hendrick, uh, sorry, Kendricks and Hicks, a little tongue twister there. Um, I could see one being gone because you save like five with uh, Hicks and 10 with Kendricks. I don't think they're going to take down their entire interior linebacker core. Like, I, I just think that you're not going to break it down to nothing. 
And if Asamoah will be your only guy entrenched there, I think one of them stays. Um, so I actually think two out of the three remain on this team. Uh, would anybody want to disagree with that? You start to lose too many of these guys, and all of a sudden you're taking the worst defense in the league, and you're only making it worse. Every step forward is two steps back, and I think Zedarius is too good. Even when he was banged up near the end, when he's healthy, he's too much of an impactor in that front seven. We all know how important rushing the passer is for a defense. And I also think, too, just kind of looking at all these Corvettes, Thielen and Harry – there's the two guys that I think if you think you're in a Super Bowl window, they're just too important and vital to your team. They're kind of the glue that you need on the roster from a veteran standpoint. And I think they're both still going to play at a high enough level and provide that veteran leadership you need to make the playoffs and hopefully a Super Bowl push. So I would do everything I could to keep Zedarius, restructure Thielen and Harrison, unless you're going to tear the whole thing down, unless that's the plan like Ryan Poles in Chicago, which I don't think it will be. And if that is the case, then I think nobody's safe. But, you know, of those vets, I think I'm looking at Thielen and Harry, just given their current contract and going to try to restructure both those guys, see if they're willing to do that and see how much money I can free up, then go from there. Zedarius made the Pro Bowl. Right. I, I think it's it's kind of tough to say like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do that. And like the bond that he formed with Daniil and another year in the system, whether it's Donatello's yeah, whatever that might be or. Yeah. yeah. But another year with them together, just kind of building that brotherhood with one another. We saw that on Sunday. They came out together as a duo um, out of the tunnel, which was a, a really cool moment there before the playoff game yeah. and so i think those two guys you kind of have to look at as like building blocks along that defensive front what's really tough was really tough and we keep alluding to you know the vikings being in kind of like a salary cap hell so my friend sent me this list of some of the the guys that have a lot of of money tied up and so we look at Zadarius, has a cap number of 16.9 next year. Then you look at the other two guys that you mentioned, Sam. Eric Kendricks has a cap hit of 11.4. They can save nine and a half mil if they do away with his contract. Jordan Hicks has a cap hit of 6.5 mil, and they can save five mil on the, the, the cap if they do that, which, you know, that that's. That's fine. But I think Jordan was a very productive player. And I love Eric Kendricks. Like, I think he's a, a fantastic linebacker. I know there were some times, I know especially on that that Saquon Barkley touchdown that we saw on Sunday, he just was totally out of place. And I don't know if that was just scheme or his eyes played a trick on him. I, I really don't. Some of these things, I'm not a, a, a I wasn't a football player. So, like, I can't diagnose maybe as well as like a Ron Johnson could. But what I do know is he was highly productive in that last year with Mike Zimmer. And I thought that he formed a really good duo with Jordan Hicks. But if you're talking about money that has to be saved, Kendricks has the higher cap number. And then if you look at, well, okay. If maybe you do away with Kendricks to save money and you pump up Asamoah now alongside of Hicks, Hicks has the lower cap number. Maybe those two duos, that's a way that you, you know, the whole competitive rebuild, you, you have a vet, but you also have a young guy as well. Mm -hmm. And they form a duo like maybe that's the solution. Maybe that's how you kind of 
help this thing along where you talked about it, Sam, get to a, a, a 20th ranked defense next year and, and just have the offense be the, the catalyst for this team. I Man, I do not envy Kwesi. I keep saying it, but like you look at some of these guys, Adam Thielen has a 19 mil cap number next year. They can save 13 mil against the cap if they if they go ahead and and do away with him. You look at, you know, Harrison Smith, 19. They can save 15 mil if they cut him. But he was a highly productive player this year as well. Like there are some decisions that have to be made. I don't know that Kendricks, Hicks, and Zadarius are the guys that you look at per se. I think maybe you look at some of the other guys with higher cap numbers, but you know, if you had to pick one of the three that was posed in that tweet, maybe mm-hmm. Kendricks. Yeah, it. I think let let's put it this way: they're not all going to be gone, and they're not all going to be back. Like it's literally going to be picking and choosing, um, probably testing the waters for who's willing to renegotiate, who's willing to take a pay cut, um, and you know they might all get together and say, "Hey, in solidarity, no pay cuts. Like <laughs> nobody do it." Um, because there's so many people that need to be approached about this. I would just love to to get inside these guys' thoughts because Mike Zimmer kind of wore out his welcome, right? And the defense was poor and nobody was happy. Like everybody was just disgruntled last year and it was just a bad situation. And now having had a year with Ed Donatel where maybe the culture was more encouraging in the hallways and in meeting rooms, but the defense was still really bad. And I feel like even though the Zimmer defense scuffled, they kind of always went down swinging. Like Zimmer would get caught in blitzes at bad times and teams would beat them deep. Um, and he just kind of, he couldn't, he couldn't play the right card last year. And I, do, I wonder if this defense feels like it really went down swinging with Ed Donatel. Um, did they leave it all out there? Were they put in positions where they felt like they could succeed? And I asked that question about Harrison Smith and Eric Hendricks, and that's the bit, one of the biggest questions is, did they actually decline or were they put in just a really bad spot by, by what this defense asked of them? And well, I, think, I think that's a big part of it, Luke. Yeah, and to your point, too, I thought that's what was so interesting and enticing and exciting about this playoff game was that Ed Donatel came out and said, you're going to love what you see this week because the players, he gave the assumption and the idea that the players were going to kind of take over and take control and do what they wanted to do, put their little fingerprint on this weekly scheming game plan, so to speak. And not only was it not any better, it was almost worse, maybe the worst defensive performance of the year. So yeah, that is the million dollar golden question, Sam. Like, are these guys actually all getting older and declining or was it just the actual entire scheme and they could just never put it together? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've reached the timed portion of the show where we got to get this question in, I think, before we leave. But uh, let's do it quickly. Odds, Kirk ends up somewhere else from Skull Purple Gold. Uh, so let's put legitimate a, a percentage or odds on it. Luke, give me, a, give me a number before we get out of here. The options or avenues of him going somewhere else would have to be just by trade only, right? I mean, the Vikings. Uh, he'd have Kirk. to waive the no trade and then be dealt. Okay, I would put it at about a 6% chance. Just don't see it happening. I put put 1 in 20, and that would be 5%. So I'm right with you. Reggie? Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit more. It's not all that ambitious, but he has a $36 million cap number next year. 
good luck trying to offload that somewhere, you know? I mean, like you said, he did maybe increase the value a little bit, but not – I don't know. It would just have to really make sense. So I put it at about 10%. Well, let's and think it, about it just real quick. You have to have a trade partner. So first mm-hmm. of all, who wants Kirk Cousins? Who's ready to win now and is a quarterback away? New York Jets, Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe there's a third team I'm missing. I'm sure both those teams could figure that out from a salary cap perspective, but does Cousins want to go to either of those teams? Right. I mean, all three parties, the Vikings front office, Kirk Cousins, and then a trade partner – all need to be on the same page. That's a lot to happen. I think that's why our mm-hmm. odds are so low in this specific scenario. Yeah, I, I think that Cousins would have to be very jealous or offended if the Vikings were to start flirting mm-hmm. with other quarterbacks. Maybe they're inquiring about Lamar. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it leaks that they're going to take a quarterback in the first round. And Kirk Cousins says, you guys, I bleed you to the playoffs and 13 wins and you guys don't want me here. I don't want to be here. And that's still pretty unKirk-like. Like I do think Kirk enjoys roots. Uh he's got a family, he's got a house, he loves his neighbor who shovels his driveway. I don't think Kirk is really all that interested in being a, a hop around sort of mercenary quarterback at this point. I think he actually likes kind of leaving an imprint somewhere. So as much but, as he likes to negotiate and get top dollar, I still think he'd prefer to be here and it's going to be very hard for him to waive that clause. So, but, but yep. Sam, quick question too, though. Does he like going into this? It's kind of like a lame duck as well. Like, is there a world where the Vikings extend him this offseason again and, and try to mm-hmm. uh, bring that cap number down a little bit? Is that a thing? I, I, yeah, I think it's, I think they offer a one year extension. I, I do. Like, I think mm-hmm. you always, you know, you try to keep it as short as possible. I think you go year to year, you give him that extra year so he's not lame duck. I think that's the play. I think that worked out for everybody. Yeah. And and then at some point, you draft your guy and then you let that one year expire. I, I think that's what, what the future holds, personally. All right. Um, All right. <laughs> 35 years old, man. I mean, uh, just look at just the quarterback market now is just... If you're just a slightly above average showing that 13 to 20 type of quarterback, you're getting 30, 35 mil. I mean, 25 minimum. I mean, that's just the going rate. Mm-hmm. So all these quarterbacks, unless you follow the blueprint and draft a quarterback and not only draft one, but hit on one, and then you get to pay him that rookie money for four to five years, uh, you know, every team has to shell out a huge chunk of money for their starting quarterback. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, though, with Kirk, just given his age and knowing, you know, he did win 13 games this year, no matter how you slice it and dice it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's going to demand, I think, a lot of money. And uh, to your point, Sam, I'm glad you brought it up. Maybe his value is even more. It increased this year than it was from last year, which is interesting, too. Yeah, uh, the Jets are interested. That is a that is a whew, that is quite the situation. You got the young receivers mm-hmm. with Garrett Wilson out there, running mm-hmm. game. That defense is top notch. Like if if he wanted to go to another team, like if they were like, okay, this just isn't gonna work, Kirk. Like, give us your pick. That jet situation would be fantastic but you have to think that guys like Derek Carr Jimmy Garoppolo they're yep. also going to be in play up there as well and what does that cost to starting quarterbacks of Kirk's caliber 
two first-round picks is not out of the question. And they have the 13th overall pick this year. Maybe you get into the second round. That's the 44th pick. Vikings already need as much draft ammo as they could possibly get. But, you know, we're getting way down in the weeds now, I know. Yeah. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, listening to some of those phone calls with Kwesi and see what maybe the market value would be for a guy like Kirk Cousins, given the age, 35 now, and how much money he's going to take Thanks for all the questions, everybody. Uh, Dave asked about the 3-4 to 4-3 switch. And uh, Dave, we talked about that yesterday to open the show, so go back and find that. Uh, Nick, Gabby, Wolves Nation, everyone else who asked a question that we didn't get to, we apologize, but thank you. We'll try to get to them next week. Um, For Reggie, for Luke, it's Minnesota Football Party, the Mailbag Edition. Find us on YouTube, Locked On Sports Minnesota. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're free and available. Amazon Fire, Roku apps, we're everywhere on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Arif Hassan and Luke Braun on the Minnesota Football Party. So long. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.